Welcome back to another edition of Inside the Huddle Podcast with Brakes Brennan with Southern California Prep Insider. Uh, you know, I was starting to record this episode and then I, you know, I was going to talk about the playoffs and what my format would be and all that sort of stuff. So I go to calpreps.com to check out the rankings. And the rankings changed last night. So going into tonight, Cathedral was ranked one, Torrey Pines was ranked two, LCC was ranked three, and Helix was ranked four. Now, as it sits, Cathedral's 1, Torrey Pines is 2, that has not changed. LCC is 3, that has also not changed. Carlsbad is now the number 4 team in Division 1. It would be the last spot in the open playoff. They bumped to a 43.8 overnight. And we're trying to figure out exactly how that happened. Uh, I have my own theories of potential... Uh, things that factored into that, but it might have to do with the Arizona schools because Carlsbad played a school called Desert Vista out of Phoenix, and they lost 33-21. Desert Vista, who was not ranked ahead of Saguaro, is now ranked ahead of Saguaro, who Helix lost to. So that is my initial guess just because those are two common type opponents that could potentially have played a game last night. Uh, but I have to go through it some more. But that is interesting, and that throws a huge wrinkle into uh, tonight's games even more. Because now you got Cathedral, who's playing Point Loma. They're going to win that, that game, or they should win that game. Um, and they're trying to hold off Torrey Pines, because since Cathedral's playing Point Loma, who's not ranked as high as, as La Costa Canyon's Torrey Pines is playing... Uh, you might see a switch there with only being a, a .4 differential. And then you get LaCosta Canyon, who if they hang with Torrey Pines, or be, if they beat Torrey Pines, they'll pass them in the rankings just because of the head-to-head. It won't be enough points, but they'll get the head-to-head. But anyway, if LaCosta Canyon keeps the game close to Torrey Pines, you can see a potential scenario where they hang on to a spot. Carlsbad's going to hold off Helix because they're going to beat Vista tonight, and Vista's pretty decent, enough for them to, you know, have a lead over Helix, and then Helix is going to have to uh, completely smoke Steel Canyon to try to get in, and then you got the factors of the head-to-head competition with LCC and Carlsbad potentially. So you might be able to see a, uh, an open playoff where it's Cathedral, Torrey, Carlsbad, LCC, or Torrey, you know, whatever order you want to give it. I mean, Cathedral and Torrey Pines are going to get the two number one and two seat. It just depends on who gets the one and who gets the two. But both those teams are most likely going to be hosting a playoff game unless Torrey Pines loses tonight. Carlsbad and LCC, if they're right next to each other in the final ranking, Carlsbad's going to get the higher seed uh, because they beat LaCosta Canyon head-to-head. So it's really coming down to tonight, can LaCosta Canyon hold off Helix to get into the open final or open division playoffs? And that's going to be an interesting uh, game to watch. And it's it's... Wow, I, I, I'm speechless right now at, at what we're talking about. So we got some great coaches on today as well. We got Thad McNeil. We got John uh, Thad McNeil of Carlsbad, John uh, McFadden of Eastlake, and then, of course, Robbie Owens of Helix. And those are the four, five, and six teams right now. Of course, we recorded these interviews a little bit earlier in the week, so they don't know about this situation currently. And we talk about the current situation that has now changed, which is a huge, drastic change here. Um 
it's incredible, actually. I didn't think it would. I, I, like I said, I went on Cal Preps. I went to check the rankings. I wanted to go through and give my playoff proposal of how I would do it and how I think it should be changed because there's been a lot of question with the four-team playoff. And I go in there to check it, and Helix is now number five, which is highly interesting. So I'm gonna give. I'm gonna do some uh, more deeping, uh, uh, some more deeping, some more uh, investigations, some uh, deep dive into this situation to see, you know, what team must have lost because that's how it, it plays out. You know, we talked to, you know, I, I talked to a couple coaches that have reached out to Ned Freeman who came up with the rating system, and he says it really comes down to. Uh, not only do you have to win, but you have to hope that the teams that you beat and the teams that you played also continue to win. So last week, when Cathedral dropped points after a forfeit win, it was more because Madison lost to Mira Mesa than Lincoln forfeiting to Cathedral. And LaCosta Canyon went up points last week despite losing to Carlsbad because San Clemente was able to beat Mission Viejo. Uh, so it's a lot of interesting things here. So the other, so the, you also have to factor that in. Not only is Lacoste Canyon probably not going to lose a lot of points losing tonight, but they have wins over Cathedral and San Clemente. San Clemente season is over. So you don't have to worry about them. Cathedral's going to win tonight. That's going to boost Lacoste Canyon's rating. Oceanside is playing El Camino. They're probably going to win tonight. They're going to boost LCC's rating up. Vista is playing Carlsbad. Which that they're gonna lose that game probably, um, but Carlsbad also played Lacoste Canyon, so Lacoste Canyon's gonna get a points up for Carl whoever wins that game. Valley Center, if they beat Ramona, which they are slated to do so according to Cal Preps, it's gonna boost their rating. Uh, El Camino is gonna lose to Oceanside most likely, so that's not gonna help them too much. But again, they already played Oceanside, so it's okay. And then San Marcos, if San Marcos wins. Uh, the Discovery Bowl might boop them, uh, bump them up even more. So it's going to come down to a lot of interesting things. You look at Helix's schedule. Granite Hills will beat Valhalla. Uh, you look, uh, you know, Cathedral will get a win for them. That will boost them up. Saints will beat Morse. They'll boost them up. Uh, Grossmont, they're probably not going to win this week. It's going to be tough for them. Uh, but, you know, Valhalla is not going to win most likely against Granite Hills. So we're it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, I can't wait to, to dive into the seedings uh, tomorrow, but we got some good football tonight. Uh, we'll talk to these three coaches, uh, get their opinions on the open playoff. We'll talk about their opponents this week, and then uh, I'll, I'll close it out with, um, you know, how I would do the, the playoffs. Up next, we got Coach John McFadden of the Eastlake Titans talking about um, all sorts of stuff about his Eastlake Titans as well as the open playoff and, um, you know, how he liked his playoff format before we went to the new system. You're listening to Inside the Huddle Podcast with Southern California Prep Insider with Braden Soprenit. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle Podcast with Braden Soprenit. I'm now joined by the head coach of the Eastlake Titans, Coach John McFadden. Coach McFadden, thanks for joining us again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we talked to you a little bit in the beginning of the season, and now you know the season's played itself out, and I can't believe it's already the last week of the season. It seems uh, so early this year, and I know it's because of you know the time moving up. But you know, give us a, a quick synopsis of of the East Lake season so far, and you know what what you thought you guys improved on uh, the most as the season played out. Well, you know, every season go you go through ups and downs, and you go through ebbs and flows, and and you know. And some weeks you're going, wow, we, we're unstoppable and we're playing at such a high level. And other weeks you go, holy cow, we have a lot of stuff to improve. 
a lot of stuff to work on. Um, so, you know, that's basically how it's gone. Um, you know, I, I'm very happy with the, the way the team's played, but there's definitely uh, things that we still, if we want to play at the highest level and, and win, you know, at the highest level, we have to improve on. And so that's basically what we've been trying to do. I, you know, I think we played a semi tough schedule. You know, we've done you know, some very tough teams and, and some teams that, you know, um, don't help us very much in the rankings, but, you know, I, I think we played pretty well against most of the teams. Yeah. I still want to go back to that Tory Pines game and, you know, redo that one, but you know, who knows if we get lucky, we might get a chance. So, Let's talk about that Tory Pines game. And right before, you know, when we talked to you last, you were getting ready for that game, and it was a it was a close uh, fought ball game. How how excited would you be to play Tory Pines again, knowing the way your team is now compared to, compared to where they were uh, week one? Well, I still think it'd be the same kind of game. I just think that um, you know, both offensively and defensively, we've, we've uh, the kids now understand what we're doing. Whereas when we played them the first time, really offensively and defensively, we were, you know, basically two and a half weeks into putting in a whole new offense and, uh, and putting in a whole new defense. And so, you know, we were not very well prepared for that, you know, just because the kids really didn't know what they were doing half the time. And, um, you know, whereas Tory Pines has been, you know, do, has been doing the same thing for uh, many years and, and had a very senior loaded team. So they, you know, they were pretty, they were, I mean, I'm sure they've gotten a lot better as the season's gone on too, because you just get better and better. But I think where we were compared to where we are now with the understanding of what we're doing, I, I think it would, we would be able to play a very good game against them. You know, and it's, you know, it's all about the football guys. It's a, you, you play a good game, you know, sometimes you turn a ball over or you make a penalty or, you do something stupid or whatever, or bad play calling, or you, you never know what's going to happen in the game. But I think we'd be a lot more prepared and make a lot less, you know, line up correctly most of the time and, you know, know who we're supposed to block and all that kind of stuff. So I, I do think it would be a good game, but they're definitely, uh, you know, a top team and, you know, that's where we want to be. So. Do you think any of the, the fact that the off season was a little bit shorter uh, than in years past, did you see an effect on that in your in your team in the first couple of weeks compared to uh, previous years, or was it because uh, you know new regime uh, coming, relatively new regime coming in and re- trying to retrain all your players? Uh, is it kind of just two two uh, forces going against each other that kind of affected the you know your kind of slow start? Yeah, I, I think you know all of that means a lot. You know, I mean that they, they you know Coach Trop did a very good job over the last couple of years and. You know, they had a, a very good season last year. And, um, you know, it was definitely on going in the right direction. So, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to make sure that we kept that going in the right direction and, and, and built it to where it used to be, um, you know, for two or three, four years ago. Um, and I think we are going in that direction where things are, you know, hopefully we're going to consistently be a top four team over the next, you know, few years or however long I'm coaching that's always the goal. Um, but I think one of the biggest things was, you know, just the different offense and different defense. And in the past, you know, for the 15 years I was the head coach, every year we'd go to a full contact camp um, during the summer and really, you know, spend five days just going football, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. And, 
so that would really, when we come into the season, all the JV guys, everybody, we had a, basically a varsity team ready to go and had you know gone through a lot of the ups and downs already. And now that that's not legal anymore, we can't do that anymore. Uh, you know, it definitely put us even further behind not being able to do that and, you know, trying to put it in a, a whole new offense and a whole new defense. So, so, you know, it is what it is, but the kids have reacted really well. And, um, you know, we've been very blessed uh, that, you know, to have a quarterback like Richie, a young sophomore who's, uh, you know, been able to, he's basically going to probably break all our passing records this year. So, well, besides, you know, your quarterback, you just mentioned, uh, you you got a lot of guys that uh, that can compete. But as far as you know, your eyes from your from the coach's perspective, who's been the most surprising player uh, for East Lake this year? Someone that you know you you didn't think was going to be the maybe the best, but has really turned it on. Has been you know a huge impact on the reason why the Titans have only lost one game. You know, I, probably you know, we actually have a, a bunch of those kids. Um, you know, that we just didn't know. We didn't know how they were going to react. I would say probably maybe Jackson Daly, our tight end and defensive tackle. Um, he's just been, you know, he's he's as good a blocker as we have on the team. Uh, he has great hands. We haven't got him the ball at tight end as much as we should. Um, but, you know, he just does a great job there at tight end. And he's really become one of the best defensive tackles around. I mean, he, he just has picked up on the techniques and very smart, very physical, very aggressive. So, I'd have to say he's been a huge surprise and and some somebody that makes a big difference. But there's a lot of those guys. I mean, we shoot just a lot. I mean, Max Susi, Maximus Susi, he's been, you know, Josh McCurdy is one of the best linebackers I've ever coached, probably the best. And Max has been extremely consistent and just, you know, been a shutdown guy out there and just doesn't make very many mistakes. He just does the right things constantly and that, that's one of the big reasons why we're playing such good defense so let's talk about uh, a couple of weeks ago lightning striked all over San Diego County and, and some teams played no contest some schools uh, resumed the game and you know the South Bay District the Sweetwater District and you know all the teams in the South Bay did a great job of getting those games rescheduled the next day um, talk to us about this experience for you. It was something you had experienced before, and how are you guys able, you know, as the whole South Bay, you know, in general, able to get all the games in uh, the next morning? And what kind of planning went in, in, into that? Well, the number one person and the number one reason was uh, Joe Hines, who's our uh, person at the district in charge of athletics. And he just did an incredible job of making sure every little detail is taken care of for ter- for every, I mean, you got to realize we had to get make sure you get the score keep. I mean, the score back, the people doing the clock. You had to get, um, you know, uh, everything back. The the people doing the chains, the the you know, the refs had to get make sure their schedules were there. I mean, there were so many little things that had to get done. And I'll be honest with you, that that next, yeah, you know, I was not real happy we had to play that next day. I, you know, I mean, I I was it, it for me. It's, we were up thirty five nothing. I thought we were just gonna you know, give us the game or whatever. But, you know, the, you know, Coach um, Kirkland over at Benita has a lot of pride, and he said, nope, we're going to finish a game. We started a game, we're going to finish a game. And I respect that. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, come on, this, this is kind of ridiculous. But it really turned out to be a real positive. I mean, we went out there and, you know, we got to play all of our, our seconds and thirds and fourths, and they stepped up and played really well. And um, the fans came back. I mean, our stands were almost full the next day, and, um, you know, and we had a great time. Our uh, booster club, including the the um, 
our waffle guy with Jerry Villasenor. He owns a waffle truck, and he came out and fed all the kids afterwards, and it's called uh, WTF uh, Waffles. What the freaking, what the freaking waffles. Um, and that was, that was just, yeah, I got to make sure I mention that. But that was just off, awesome. I mean, it really turned out to be a positive situation. The kids had a great time, you know, and uh, so it, 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 was, it was very cool. What was your opinion on the fact that some schools, you know, played, some schools didn't, and, uh, you know, some schools had to play on Saturday? Do you think everybody has to play, you know, have the same type of rules for this, or, or do you think the way – uh, you know, things were handled were uh, were for the better. You know, I think everybody has a different situation, and each league is going to you know do it differently. I do think the CIF probably should. You know, it just hasn't happened, so it's not like you can plan for something like this. It just really hadn't happened. So I do think the the CIF should probably get a universal. This is the way it's going to be. Um, you know, luckily with Max Preps, it, it affected it, but it didn't really affect it. You know enormously I, I feel bad for those kids who you know i mean the league championship means a lot too you know so you know also the league championships like in, in some of those places that decided not to play um, are different also for all league picks and stuff like that if you don't actually get to play a game against somebody you know how, how can you decide if they're an all-league guy if they're if you didn't even play against them so just a, a bunch of different scenarios that might have made it um more universal um, make up games you know different things like that that probably could have happened. But football is a different thing. You know, you can make up a basketball game, but, you know, you need that week of rest a lot of times to, to be able to make up a football game. So, Let's talk about the Freeman rankings right now. Those are the ones that CIF uses. You know, they're called the Max Preps rankings and, and Cal Preps, but they, it's the Freeman rankings, and, and that's the same, you know, way that they do Max Preps and Cal Preps. I was asking coaches earlier this year, do you like the new format with the four teams in the open? Do you like the computer rankings? And now, you know, you're experiencing this firsthand. You're you're the number four team. You guys won last week, and now all of a sudden you're number six team. What is your opinion on these rankings? And uh, do you think it would be better if, you know, CIF and, and, and other people actually knew how the rankings worked instead of this mystery of trying to figure out, you know, how much do we have to win by in order to go up? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I know people don't like how it used to be where, you know, we would all get together and all the coaches would kind of connive and, you know, the city schools and the South Bay schools, uh, well, this didn't happen very often, but um, the North County schools would take their voting blocks and pick where everybody was going to be. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, once we got smart and we started figuring out we had more votes than they did, we started doing that. And then the North County got upset about it. So, of course, they changed to, yeah, once the North County gets upset about something, we have to change it now. But uh, it seemed to work okay for about 15 years when they were controlling it. That sounded kind of negative. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but uh, you know, but it, it really did happen like that. It was very strange how you know it, it happened. And I didn't. I kind of liked it that way. I mean, you had to you had to go and you know be a little political in your voting and and what you were going to doing. And and you know, I found that most of the time the teams that were supposed to be there were supposed to be there now with this clinical way of doing it it doesn't it doesn't get the anomaly that will happen i mean if we're a top four team but because we're playing in a league that is not ranked very high right now we can't be a top four team yeah you know, what if we were number one what if we had beaten tory Pines and we were number one right now and because our league is weaker um you know, which is not, you know, Otai's a very strong team and Olympian, they had a lot of injuries, but, you know, they played some 
very good teams tough. Um, you know, because we couldn't be a top two team, which means we couldn't get a home playoff game. You know, in this, yeah, you know, which you know, the, those kind of things to me, the playoffs are are all about being have you having a playoff run, and when you only have four teams in the playoffs, you don't really get to do a playoff run. You know, so I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of it. I I never have been a big fan of it. I think you know, the schools that are the same size should be able to compete in the same level. You know, and it's it's. it's always been my opinion but nobody ever really asked at that level so i just kind of don't worry about it and just play the teams we have to play <laughs> well you got a team that you got to play this week in otai ranch for a league championship game uh and otai is pretty good you know they took some lumps early in the year but what what do you see in this otai ranch team that you're like you know what, these guys do this pretty well well they're they're very big very physical well coached um you know the the games where they've so-called took some lumps like uh with with Saints and stuff, you know, just a lot of turnovers, a lot of really big mistakes they made, and they haven't been making those lately. And you know, they're 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 capable of going against any school and doing very well. I mean, they they should have beaten San Marcos, you know, and um, had the game, you know, in you know where they could have won it, and they just, you know, like you said, the football gods were not on their side. So they're a very good team and one of the best athletes with their quarterback in the county, um, and you know, very physical. And Judd Rachel and Lance. Um, Christensen do a great job of coaching them up and you know they've now you know got a great program going they're defending league champions so yeah it, it, this this is going to be a really good game you know it, this is basically like you know Torrey Pines and then um, Carlsbad going against each other in my opinion it's very similar or you know you know let the last few weeks with the Canyon and you know those schools going against each other that you know it, it's a it's a good North County game in the South Bay I think all right, Coach, you're going to have uh, get you ready for that game on, on Friday as you guys take on Otay Ranch. Thanks again for joining me, and uh, can't wait to see how the playoffs seed on Saturday uh, morning. Great. Thanks for everything you do. I really appreciate it. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle Podcast with Brace the Printed. I'm now joined by Coach McNeil of the Carlsbad Lancers. They've had a pretty good uh, season so far this year. They've knocked off some big teams. They're coming off a big win against La Costa Canyon. Coach McNeil, how are you doing tonight? I'm well. Thanks for having me on the show. So let's get into your season this year. And you got you know you guys start off strong. You beat Steel Canyon. Then you play an Arizona team that was pretty tough. And you take a loss there. You take Torrey Pines, the number one team in the in the county, to to overtime. You've had a pretty exciting season so far. <clears throat> it has. You know, um, we've been in every football game. The team from Arizona is very, very good. Uh, they kind of worked down in the fourth quarter, and we lost uh, by 10 points. And then um, we were able to bounce back the next week in Sweetwater, and we opened up our league against Mission Hills. And we were winning with about 50 seconds left in the game, and uh, they executed a couple of throws, and uh, they were able to beat us with seconds to play in the game. Very tough loss, but uh, very competitive. And then um, we went on the road and we beat uh, San Marcos, the number five team in the county at the time. And they have a tremendous program and do a great job. So that's a big win for us. Uh, I think next was Oceanside. And uh, we played Ocean. No, next was Torrey Pines. Um, took Torrey Pines to overtime. And, um, you know, I think at the time they were number one team in the county. So pretty exciting. Then um, we played Oceanside uh, at home for homecoming. We were able to win that game. 
And then this past week, uh, of course, was a big uh, win over the number three team in the county, LCC. So, um, you know, we're a young football team. Uh, we could easily be, you know, probably a one-loss team, you know, if I'm being honest. Uh, but you are what your record shows, and we weren't able to close some games. Uh, but hopefully we're on the right track now. You got a stud player in Asa Turner, but you know you had some other kids that uh, were probably a little surprising in, in in throughout the year. And I was just on the, you know, talking to Coach McFadden down at East Lake, and he had a bunch of kids that you know kind of shocked him. For you, what are some you know players that you have that you didn't realize were going to be an impact for you that you know slowly started turning into an impact for the Carlsbad Lancers? I kind of think it, it starts with our um, our tailback. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Luke Armstrong's had a great year. Uh, running, uh, running the football, and we throw to him quite a bit as well. He's a senior that's uh, had some injuries in the last two years, and, and he's he jumped out and having a great year. Um, without a doubt, our quarterback. I mean, he's a first-year starter, Keone Quintana. He's got 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's throwing 69% for about 1,800 yards. Um, so I think he's playing at a high level, and it's his first year starting on varsity. Um, we have a great left tackle, Carlos Harrison. Yeah, he has some scholarship offers already. Uh, he's having a great season. And then our defense, I mean, we have eight juniors on our defense, and uh, um, really a great player is Cole Wright, our corner. Last year as a sophomore, he led our league in interceptions, and this year he's uh, – making a great impact. He had an interception against LCC, and then he had seven receptions for 180 yards. He had a big night offensively as well. So Cole Wright, I think, is going to be a big player for the future. And um, there's a few others. You know, uh, I'm I'm real excited about our team. Uh, We have a young, young team uh, with some quality seniors that kind of uh, bring us all together. You guys got a big game this week against Vista. It's a cross-league game. You know, Vista's coming in six and three. They had, they had a really heartbreaking loss last week against Rancher Bernardo, uh, but they do a lot of great things. What what has caught your eye in film uh, about the Vista Panthers that you guys need to be concerned about? Yeah, they're very concerning because they're very physical up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, defensively, they have some uh, really good players. They play fast. Um, they're aggressive. They're um, super athletic. I really like their secondary. Uh, it's a big challenge, and without a doubt, offensively, they, they you know they got three running backs that have four and five hundred and six hundred yards, so they run the ball pretty effectively. Um, very, very physical. You know, they've put together a nice season. Coach Bottoms done a really nice job. Uh, they've they lost to La Costa Canyon early in the year. Um, <clears throat> they had a tough game against Poway, and Poway's playing well now. And then, as you know, against Rancho Bernardo, they lost in the last second with a hail mary. So. Uh, we are not going to underestimate Vista. Um, it's always a dogfight between Carlsbad and Vista. You know, um, both programs uh, are going to play super, super hard, and we anticipate to be a, a really uh, close ball game. Let's talk about let's, let's talk about some stuff that, that happened the last couple weeks here. It's been a pretty hectic uh, time in San Diego County with the Lightning, and then you know, you got forfeits and no contests. Um, talk to us about your experience with the Lightning when you what you guys came to the decision of of um, you know ending the game, and then as a North County unit, what went into the decision making to just you know what, we're all going to take no contests uh, despite Oceanside being able to finish the game. Uh, well, I've coached 24 years, never had this happen before, uh, not even delays. Um, 
so it was new to me. And so we were all up in the locker rooms waiting, and I was with uh, the El Camino head coach and then the El Camino principal, our athletic director. And basically every 30 minutes, uh, you had to wait 30 minutes every time um, there was any kind of action happening in the sky. And eventually the principal from El Camino said, you know what, um, we the, the, the storm's not going anywhere. Uh, in the safety of both programs and all our fans, we're going to have to call this game. Um, and then I got word from everyone in the league that everyone was doing a no contest, so I uh, kind of stepped in line with everybody else, and um, that's what we did. You know, um, it was disappointing from a coaching point of view and from our players. All the preparation for the week to play El Camino, uh, we really wanted, you know, that's that's a, El Camino Carlsbad is, is a great avocado league game. And you never want to end it without finishing it on the on the field. Uh, but, hey, that's the way it went, and um, we rolled with it. Let's talk about, um, you know, the playoff situation and the Freeman rankings. Um, you know, I just got off the phone with, with McFadden, like I said, talking about his opinion on whether he likes the ratings or not. And I asked a lot of coaches about this before the season. Now all you guys are in it full go, and now it's like a little bit more heated opinions on whether or not you like this system compared to last system. You guys are right on the cusp here of making the open playoff. Uh, is it concerning that you don't really know what it's going to take for you guys to get in? Are you trying to figure out the, the, the system on trying to make the open potentially, or are you just kind of okay with making either the open or D1? Yeah, you know what? I'm concerned about beating Vista. Honestly, uh, we'll, we'll play wherever we line up, wherever we fall. So if it's uh, that four seed, we'll be excited to be there. If it's the fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever, uh, we'll be excited. Um, it usually works out. Uh, every year, I, I think it's, it's been pretty spot on. And I think this year in particular, there's some great equality um, – amongst the top 16 teams. I mean, uh, top to bottom, I think there's some quality football programs in there. Um, I don't know if there's one dominated team. You know, I, I, I guess you'd say um, Cathedral and, and Torrey are probably the teams playing the best right now. But, you know, on any given Friday night, um, I think anyone can knock anyone off. So we have to take care of business against Vista High School on Friday. And then uh, we'll find out Saturday. You know, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of good programs. There's going to be a lot of great uh, matchups. And uh, I know Carlsbad will be excited to play whoever is uh, matched up against us. Well, I know Carlsbad's uh, fans are going to be excited too. And as, as an alum, I'm sure you're really proud to see uh, the way that student section uh, reacts every single week. It's it's definitely a, a fun thing to see. Uh, right before I let you go, I, I do want to get your opinion on you know the four-team open playoff compared to the eight-team. What was your opinion going into the season? And has it changed at all knowing that you know if it was an eight-team playoff, you guys would have been in the open? And you know, in my personal opinion, I think there's this year would have been a perfect year to have eight teams because I think one of the lower seeds could have potentially knocked off one of the top four. You know, I'm, I'm I totally agree. I was all for this system because in the past we've been the seventh and eighth seed, and like one year we finished two like week nine against Oceanside. Somehow we make the open. And then we played the number one seed Oceanside first round. We played them twice in three weeks. And they were better than us. So I didn't like it then because I didn't, you know, eight, eight seed against a one seed. 
Um, so I thought the top four teams, it seems like the last five years or four years in the Open have been the elite teams. I mean, the, the top echelon. Where this year, it's, it's you know, um, I think it's a little more equitable. So um, it's funny. It just didn't work out the same this year. Uh, I think I think if you go the top ten, I don't I don't see a huge discrepancy between say number four and number eight. Um, I think uh, there's some really really good quality teams. That's why I think the playoffs are going to be uh, very very interesting. Now the top teams that are up there, um, who do we have at the top four? You got Cathedral, Tory, Helix, Madison, or Helix uh, Eastlake. Top four LCC right now still is in there? yes. As of right now, according to the Freeman rankings, it would be Cathedral, Tory, Lacosta Canyon, and Helix. Helix. So you know, you look at those four teams, um, and all I see on Helix is uh, you know the PPR highlights. So, but Helix is always really, really good and real talented. I've seen Tory and um, LCC up close. Uh, you know, we played. Uh, Cathedral last year in the playoffs, so you know I'm pretty familiar with their roster and what what they uh, um, present. So you know I, I it's it's I think anyone's gonna beat anybody. Um, it's gonna be really really interesting, and uh, I'm just uh, optimistic. You know we're gonna be in that mix. Well, you guys are gonna be in a great spot to have a buy definitely if you uh, you get the you know business taken care of against Vista. Whether or not you're in the opener D1, it's gonna be a fun playoff. Uh, how excited, let's just say, for instance, you don't make the open playoff, you got D1, how more competitive is it going to be this year than years past with the new system? Yeah, with the new system, there's just no dogs. There's not, you know, if, if you're a top seed, that bottom seed, they're still really good. And so uh, you can't look past anybody. And, um, you know, that the, the, the teams that are in this division are very well coached. And so, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I think – you're going to find some upsets. You're going to find some teams that are going to be in a dogfight uh, in their first playoff appearance, and uh, we'll see who's standing at the end. You know, we always say in our league, you know, week 10, we're, we're pretty in the Avocado West with uh, this 17 league. It's a ball buster. So, um, you know, we're hoping that we can uh, beat Vista and get, get, a, get a week off to kind of recover and then get ready for a real tough uh, playoff run. Well, I can't wait to see where the seedings fall on Saturday. Coach Stab McNeil yes, of the Carlsbad Lancers, thanks for joining me again. And, you know, good luck the rest of the way when you make the opener D1. You know, you're gonna, you guys are going to make a, a nice little run in the playoffs. Thanks again for joining me. Yes, sir. Have a good night. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle Podcast with Braden Soprano. I'm now joined by the head coach of the Helix Highlanders, Coach Robbie Owens. Coach, uh, thanks for uh, joining us uh, back again. And, you know, look, the last time we talked to you, you guys were off to a rough start, but uh, you guys seem to turn stuff around pretty quickly here. Yeah, you know, we knew coming into the year with the, the group we had coming back, we just lost so many seniors last year. We were a little green at some areas and uh, didn't have that Friday night experience, but uh, we had a tough schedule and, you know, we were able to work through it, and I think got better as a football team and then then kind of got on a roll here late in the season when it matters and, and going into the playoffs. Let's talk about that schedule of yours. I heard you on the Gwyn and Chris show earlier this week on 97.3 The Fan, and you're talking about how you almost had a game schedule with St. John Bosco, so you guys are obviously not afraid to play anybody. Um, you know, What's your philosophy on scheduling games? I know you want to play the best, but are you a little too eager with the schedule you put together this year? 
Well, I think, you know, part of the, the reason why we have to have that, that uh, eagerness for a schedule is just because it is difficult for us to fill our schedule. And, and, you know, we're always having to try to look probably outside of San Diego to fill it. And um, as you said, I, I'm not afraid to play anybody. I think, you know, it's a great experience for our kids. And, and you know, we want to play with the, the top teams in the country. And so we're not going to shy away from playing anybody. And, you know, when the opportunity arises to to play one of those top level teams, you know, we're going to jump at the chance. And, and you know, we, our schedule this year, Saguaro, for example, has 19 Division One guys. So, I mean, we're not going to face anything like that in San Diego. And, and we played with those guys. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's the experience we want those guys to have, you know, when they're playing football at Helix. Well, you're one drive away from beating the, those guys, and you guys have done a tremendous job so, so far this year. Have you noticed the, the schedule that you played paying off for you guys now that you're late into the you know the Grossmont League, and, and, and do you think it's going to benefit you uh, so far through the playoffs? I definitely think so. I mean, I think when you get into playoffs and, and you're playing those upper echelon teams, you know, that experience that you have earlier in the year – you know, facing some adversity and, and playing top-level competition, that, that's only going to make you better as a, as a football team and a, as an individual in the sport. So, you know, I think uh, as we look forward to, you know, the possibility of the Open Division playoffs, you know, we feel like all the experiences we've had this year, you know, as we've gotten better each and every week, that, uh, you know, it'll allow us um, to put our best foot forward. And, that, and, and the Helix, that's always been the case. We've always had to top into our schedule a little bit at the very beginning of the year. Um, and then, you know, get ready for the, the playoffs at the end. So, you know, this is no different than any other year that we've had at Helix. I don't want to make any excuses for you because I know you don't make excuses for your losses, but, you know, you were missing Elion Noah for, for two of the losses that you guys had, and he's a big-time impact player for you guys. I watched the game against Granite Hills, and, you know, he had over 100 yards within the, probably the first quarter. Uh, you guys feed him the ball a lot. What type of player does he bring to your team, um, you know, as a running back and as a, as a great young athlete that he is? Well, you know, as I tell everybody, when we line up on offense, it doesn't matter who we're playing. We know we have the best player on the field. And so, you know, we've utilized him uh, a lot, obviously missing him in those games. You know, obviously hurt us. And, you know, we had some losses in there. But it also allowed us to kind of get some depth and, and, and grow a little bit um, with some other players that, that got opportunities that probably wouldn't have gotten those opportunities if he was in the lineup. So, um, you know, he's a special young man. I, I mean, he's so unique. He, he runs so hard and um, has such body control and you know he's just so physical for for his size that uh you know he, he he's uh, he's definitely our bell cow on offense and and we're going to give him the ball as much as possible and and let him kind of lead us to the promised land there's a guy on your team that has caught my eye um you know just as observing and, and watching you guys play his name's Delshawn Trailer, and, and and that guy, you know, I think he when he had to fill in against Cathedral Catholic, I thought he played his butt off uh, both both sides of the ball. You guys are using him a lot more in different quarterback sets as you did last week against Granite Hills. But what an unbelievable player this kid is! Can you talk to us about how it is that to coach a player like Delshawn Trailer and, and and the benefits he brings your team? Well, he's just an amazing young man with over a 4.0 GPA, great family, everything. So, you know, Delshawn's a guy that, you know, had played quarterback for us all summer. And, and then when Daniel came in, you know, we just felt like uh, he, he's so versatile and, and he's made us so much better on defense. He didn't actually play defense for us, you know, those first couple of games of the year. And so, you know, we've changed even dramatically defensively, you know, inserting him into the lineup. But, you know, he's such a a unique athlete and, and has a skill set at quarterback that allows us to kind of use him 
um, on offense to kind of change the pace and, and, and make defenses kind of defend us a little bit differently. I think it was hard for me as a offensive coordinator early in the year to get comfortable with the two quarterback system, but I've kind of grown into it and kind of enjoyed, you know, the opportunities to give some different looks and, um, you know, call the same play, but make the play look completely different with two different guys, you know, at the helmet quarterback. And so um, Delshawn's definitely made an impact for us on, you know, all three phases of the game with the defense, special teams and offense. And um, he, he's a, he's a great kid and, and a great leader and, and he's going to give you everything he's got. And so, you know, you can win a lot of games with guys like that. What I want to know is, your halftime speeches because there's been a couple times this year you guys you know not playing the greatest first half you come out and in the third quarter just completely curb stump some people especially last last week it's Grant Hills you're tied 14-14 right before halftime he had a little bit of a scuffle before um you know you enter the first half with with your offense what what do you say to these guys because as soon as they come out of the second half that Helix team you guys turn it on you guys put up some points real fast well, I think I looked at the two games with this uh, St. Augustine and, and Granite. I, I kind of took two different approaches, to be honest with you. I was pretty upset at St. Augustine just because I didn't think we had played, you know, well. Um, and, you know, I think we needed a little bit, and, and a clipboard may have been broken in that uh, that exchange. But then, you know, against Granite, it was more about, you know, you know, we had played pretty good offensively. Defensively, we, we didn't get some stops that we needed to. And, you know, we had we got hurt by some penalties that I think affected – you know, our ability to get off the field defensively. But I went into the halftime against Granite, and our coaching staff does such a great job of, of making adjustments. I think that's the one thing that, that we do, you know, probably better than a lot of coaching staffs. So we're able to go in there at halftime, you know, make some adjustments off of what we're seeing on film and, and get our kids, you know, refocused. But the biggest thing I always stress to them is every time we put on a Helix jersey, we're representing, you know, all those players that have came before us um, that have put that jersey on. And, and you know, it takes a special amount of pride to, to go out there each and every week and, and put that jersey on and know that, you know, you have a, to live up to an expectation. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that I try to get across to those guys at, at halftime is, you know, we have to represent each week. And, and there's times where, you know, it doesn't matter. We make a mistake on one play. we got to come back on the next play. And I just think it's a, a refocus on, uh, on the importance of, of playing hard and, and getting ready for each snap. And, you know, our guys – you know, they have an expectation to win. So, you know, when we come in there at halftime and maybe we haven't been playing well, you know, they definitely come in, you know, wanting to, to get some answers and, and to want to refocus. And so we've done a good job with that all season. You guys basically have back-to-back league championship games uh, here as you take on Steel Canyon. And a win for Steel Canyon would give them a share of the title. You guys already have a share of the Grossmont League title. What what have you noticed about Steel Canyon that's going to give, uh, you know, that you're aware of, that you know that they do well, that you guys are going to have to stop or slow down? Well, I think, you know, every year playing those guys, you know, they have a, a huge connection to Helix. You know, their coaching staff was a part of Helix. And, and uh, you know, every year they, they somehow get some guys um, that have transferred from Helix. And so this year's no different. I think they got three starting guys on in the secondary that, uh, you know, were guys that were started their, their high school career at, at Helix. And so we're very familiar with them in a lot of ways because we know their personnel. Our guys know each other. Um, and, you know, they do a great job. I mean, I, I think you look at what Still Canyon was able to accomplish last year and, and what Coach Longerbone get, did in the, in the playoffs. Uh, it, it did say a lot about East County and, and maybe the conference a little bit for us. It, it probably doesn't get the recognition sometimes it deserves. And, and when you look at what East County did with Monta Vista and Still Canyon and us and, you know, and, and what they did in the playoffs last year, um, I, I just think, it, you know, the football out here is a lot better than, than what people give it credit for and, 
you know, our expectation every year with, with steals, we know they're going to come out here and, and they're going to, they're going to play hard and, and they want to win this game each and every year. It's an important game on their schedule. And so it's important for our guys to come out focused and ready to, to go. And I think these types of games with granite and, and steel Canyon to end the year have been beneficial for us um, to get ready for the playoffs. Cause the atmosphere is going to be great. And, uh, and obviously the competition is, is definitely going to make us work and, and, and get better as a football team. Real quick, before I let you go, let's talk about the playoffs and you guys, you know, you've been the outside looking in, you're now like at a, at the four spot, if I'm not mistaken, what do you think you guys have to do in order to secure your spot in the open and, and are you a fan of the way the computer rankings work as opposed to in years past that, you know, the coaches deciding, you know, what the playoff seeds are? Well, I, I definitely, um, you know, feel that, uh, you know, I, I like the computer rankings just because, it, you know, sometimes the human element can, you know, come in there and, and, and maybe mess things up a little bit. But at the same token, I think this year we've had, you know, probably, you know, moving to four teams, you know, from eight is uh, is obviously – you know, making that competitiveness in, in the open a lot more difficult. And then, you know, the lightning games, I think, is the, the biggest impact that it's had on the computer on, you know, whether it's hurt a team, you know, the North County team's not counting it as a game. I think it, you know, it helps some teams that were maybe playing, you know, some of the lower um, teams in their conference. And then it helped other teams that were playing, you know, stronger competition just because, you know, one of those teams would have came away with the loss. And at the end of the day, they didn't get those points that get averaged out at the end. So, um, you know, I, I like our position. I felt like the whole year, if we took care of business with our schedule, you know, we knew as, a, as the year progressed, our schedule was going to get, you know, weaker and weaker and teams were going to catch us. But if, you know, we took care of business and we take care of get business this weekend, you know, we feel like we deserve to be in the open division and, and that's where we want to be. We, you know, that's been the expectation, you know, ever since I've been here and long before me that, you know, we want to play for an open division championship each and every year. And, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, when you look at the, the top four teams, you know, there's going to be very few teams in San Diego that are going to want to look and, and see Helix on the other side of the bracket, um, you know, when it comes to playoff time. So, um, you know, we definitely want that opportunity uh, to go out and defend our crown and, you know, look forward to the opportunity. Coach Owens, I, I think for sure you guys are going to make the Open. I, I have no no idea inside knowledge of the rankings, but I, I am a firm believer that Helix is one of the top four teams, if not one of the top two teams in San Diego County. Coach Owens, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks again for joining me today. Hey, no problem. Anytime, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to all the coaches that joined me today. Um, talking about open playoff, talking about how the playoff system is now with the computer rating system and all that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm going to get into what I would do. And I've, I've had this on my podcast a couple times already, but this is how I would do it. Um, and I think it's, you know, the most logical, obviously, because I came up with it. But, you know, there's never going to be a perfect system. Everybody says that. I, I think this system would be better, but it might be just like apples and oranges at this point. It might be it looks good this way for me. It might look different for you. But to me, this is you would keep it the same in terms of determining divisions. Uh, I would still do it based on, you know, how well you performed over the last couple of years. Um, I'd still have it where the top teams are playing the top teams for a CIF championship. Uh, don't give me this garbage that, well, it knocks out four of the best teams in, in San Diego's section in the first round if you do an eight-team open playoff. Yeah, but guess what? Tough crap, okay? Because here's the deal. When you go to the southern section, they got a 16-team playoff with the top 16 teams in the state of California. In the state of California. 
all 16 of those teams in the Southern Section Division One playoff would win a state championship at any other level. 100%, no questions asked. They would beat the snot out of any of the San Diego teams. Okay? I'm just, you know, it's, 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 it is what it is. But they're not complaining about a 16-team playoff. They're not complaining it's not fair that I got the 9 seed and I would be winning the D2 championship. You're at a different level than the, than the teams in D2. Okay? You're at a different level than teams in D3. It's funny. They, they, they're, all, they're against the, the enrollment you know, format when they weren't winning championships. And now you're in a system where you're playing schools that are your caliber and you're still not winning championships. And all of a sudden it's like, well, we need to play with with, uh, schools our size. Or we shouldn't be playing the private schools. This is unfair. No, what was unfair is you have a team like Cathedral Catholic playing in Division Three. That's unfair. Unfair is a team like Oceanside owning Division Two because there's nobody at their level in Division Two. Unfair is Christian playing in D5 because of their enrollment when they got the athletes that are good enough to hang in D2 or D1. That's unfair. The way it is now, it sets up for the most fair that you could potentially have it. Okay, Top teams are playing for the best championship. And that's what, you, that's what everybody's goal should be. Playing for the top championship. I hate this four-team playoff deal. It's dumb. It's not even a playoff. You play one game and you're in the championship. It's stupid. Go back to eight teams. This would be a great year to have an eight-team playoff because everybody's so evenly matched. I think we jumped the gun a little too early on trying to you know, fix these things. The other thing is I would just get rid of the open playoff completely. It's not an open playoff. It's just Division One. If you wanted to do an open playoff and pick the best teams out of all five divisions and do it based on enrollment, I think that's fine. You do an enrollment-based, you have all the big schools in D1 all the way down to D5, and then you take the best eight teams out of all the divisions and put them in the open, I think that's fair. But there's no reason to have an open playoff when all the good teams are in D1. It doesn't make any sense. Just have that be the D1 playoffs. And I would only have eight teams make the playoffs in every division. Look, back in the 80s and the, uh, the early and, the, and through the 90s, when it was basically only 16 teams in the entire section made the playoffs, people were fine with that. You had teams that were 7-3 and three not making the playoffs. Now you have teams that are 1-9 and nine making the playoffs. You have a Benita Vista team that went 0-10 that made the playoffs last year. And trust me, some of those kids in the, on that team just wanted the season to be over. And that's okay. Granted, the seniors are going to want to keep playing. They're going to keep extending their season, and they want to keep playing football, and I, I, I respect that, and I like that. But we have way too many teams making the playoffs. I mean, absolutely way too many teams. Knock it down to eight per division. Get rid of the open. Do it the way, the way it is on merit. You know, rearrange the leagues every couple of years, rearrange the divisions every couple of years based on how teams are doing, okay? And play the level of competition that you are. It's too much of this, oh, we can't hang with them. They're bigger and badder than us. It doesn't matter. There's a reason why you're in those leagues. It's because 
You won in the past. Just because you go 7-3 and three doesn't mean you deserve a championship. Go earn the championship. And that's my opinion on that. A little harsh, a little negative. Like John McFadden earlier. I'm sorry, that was a little negative. I uh, love that part of the, the interview. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but th- that's how I do it. I mean, you don't need 16 teams in D1. I mean, you can even lower. You mean put 12 teams in D1, the top eight go. That's fine with me. Using my 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 thing my you know formula or whatever my you know idea, right now, it would be Cathedral versus San Marcos in round one, Torrey Pines Saint Augustine, Lacosta Canyon Eastlake, Carlsbad Helix. Helix is the five; they'd have a good chance to beat number four Carlsbad. Eastlake's the six; they'd have a good chance to beat the number three Lacosta Canyon. Saint Augustine's the seven; they'd have a pretty good chance to beat the number two Torrey Pines. San Marcos is the eight. They'd be able to hang with Cathedral. It's a different year this year. I understand that. But that would be the top eight. And then you go to the teams that wouldn't make the playoffs in this situation. Madison would not make the playoffs. They're kind of in a spiral. It's not the best Madison team we've seen. That would be a tough sell for them to not make the playoffs at seven and three. They would probably get hosed in that situation. But then you go down. Mission Hills is 3-5. and five. Probably should make the playoffs. I know they played a tough schedule. Probably should make the playoffs. Ranch Bernardo, 7-2. They'd be a team that would have an argument that they should make the playoffs, and I agree with that. Oceanside, 4-5. and Going to be 5-5 five and five probably at the end of the night. They gave up 71 points to Torrey Pines. I know they're the number one team in the county, but... Probably shouldn't make the playoffs. Steel Canyon seven and two. Look at their schedule. A lot of their wins are against teams that are not are not at their level. They don't have a single win over a team. They don't have one of those blue marks on their on their schedule where they beat a team that was better than them. Otay Ranch, El Camino, Grossmont. But then again, in my in my in my playoff form, I said twelve teams. So the bottom four would drop down to D one. So Steel Canyon would have made the playoffs and probably D one. Or whatever, D2, whatever I called it. Otay Ranch would probably make the playoffs in D2. El Camino and Grossmont would probably not make the playoffs. And the way those seasons played out, I think they'd be okay with that. I'm not going to speak for coaches. I'm not going to speak for, you know, what everyone thinks. And I know everyone's got their own opinion. I respect everyone's opinion. Okay? I just This is just how I would do it. I think it would make things a lot more competitive. Go down to Division Two. Okay, Granite Hills one, Poway two, Point Loma three, Vista four, Valley Center five, Lincoln six, Ramona seven, Mira Mesa eight. San Pasquale would be the first team not to make the playoffs. They're five and four. Olympians the next team in line. They're two and seven. Bishops is the next team in line. They're five and three. They lost their quarterback this year. Westview one and eight. Modern Day three and seven. Mount Carmel zero oh and nine. Benita Vista two and seven. Valhalla zero oh and nine. Southwest three and six. And it's more prevalent in the lower divisions. D3, top eight teams are Christian, Central, Monta Vista, Brawley, Moore, Santa Fe, Christian, Imperial, El Cap. Nine 
would be West Hills, eight and two. You'd have an argument there against my playoff format. Four and five, University City. They've dropped their last three games in league. They've been struggling. They probably wouldn't make the playoffs. They're gonna lose to Christian on Friday. It's gonna be four and six. La Jolla, three and six. Rancho Buena Vista, three and six. Scripps Ranch, six and three, potentially. Again, look at their schedule. Escondido, three and six. Hilltop, four and five. Mount Miguel, three and six. Patrick Henry, one and eight. D4. San Diego High, Kearney, Del Norte, Mar Vista, Santana, Sarah, Classical Academy, Coronado would make the playoffs in my format. The first team on the outside, Chula Vista, they're two and seven. Calexico, three and six. Sweetwater, three and six. La Jolla Country Day, two and six. Fallbrook, one and six. Montgomery, four and five. Mission Bay, one and eight. Crawford, four and five. El Cajon Valley, 0 oh and nine. Division five. Orange Glen, Francis Parker, Tri-City Christian, Holtville, Vincent Memorial, Mountain Empire, Palo Verde Valley, Castle Park would make the playoffs. First team looking on the outside, Maranatha Christian, 5-5. Five and five. 500 record, probably shouldn't make the playoffs. Southwest San Diego, 4-5, and five. Army Navy, 3-6, and six. Calipatria, 3-6, and six. Hoover, 1-8, Claremont, 0-9, oh Escondido Charter, 1-6, San Ysidro, 0-9. Oh so as you go through it, you have a case for my philosophy, or, or not philosophy, but my playoff pick or my playoff idea is probably really good for two, three, four, and five. D1, it probably wouldn't be very good because there'd be some teams. Then you'd have the argument, it's not fair, we didn't make the playoffs, but we would win the division lower than us. I can understand that argument a little bit more if you didn't make the D1 playoffs and you went 7-2 like Rancho Bernardo would be in this situation. Uh, but other than that, you know, D1's going to be tough always. Because then you have a situation, okay, the, what, what about all teams in D1 make the playoffs and then you got it and then you got a, a, a team like Benita Vista one year goes 0-10 after having a really good season and, you know, they automatically make the playoffs because they're in D1. That being said, you can treat it as a, a reward for making D1. Look, you made D1. You automatically make the playoffs every year uh, as long as you stay in D1 uh, before you switch. And, you know, it's the benefit of being D1 and, and uh, you know, having good couple seasons back-to-back. -back. So in that aspect, I think I'd be okay with that. So do eight teams. Do the top. Uh, we had that earlier in, the, uh, earlier in the, first, the first year, and it was the top eight teams, and they automatically went in eight, seven, and six, didn't do it. Do a great, uh, didn't have a great showing. So, like I said, there's no perfect format. There's a lot of flaws, obviously, in mine. I still like mine over what we have now, but I think that's always going to be the case. Whether it's me, whether it's you know other media guys, whether it's like Christian or Tommy or or Noah Bodie over at, or with us at Prep Insider, whether it be John Cantera, John Maffey. I mean, there's so many people that have their opinion on this. All the coaches, you know, you've heard from them today talking about this as well. It's never going to be a perfect system. And CIF has a very hard job of trying to make it as perfect as possible. Um, but that would just be my idea. My other idea was have like joint teams, but you know, getting into that at a different time. Um, I think that would really help our section out. I think it would be a lot better with numbers. I think we'd have some really great coaching staffs if you combine some of these schools. You'd have better resources for these schools. These kids would probably have a better opportunity to play. 
You wouldn't have to worry about forfeits as much, um, and it would be a great time. The The downside would be instead of playing for your high school, you're playing for somebody else's high school. But the most of the high schools that you would combine, and it would get into it, but uh, they'd be local schools that are not too far from each other. You can al- you can alternate playing at what school, but I think it'd be a it it'd make for a really good section, and it, it's just an idea out there and something that you can contemplate. But that will do it for me on this uh, edition of Inside the Huddle podcast. Uh, I was able to get some breaking news there with Carlsbad jumping Helix in the uh, open playoff last night on a Thursday night, which is crazy. And uh, we'll see what your reaction is on Twitter about that. That's I, it's gonna. I mean, that just makes the games even more uh, hectic tonight. And I can't wait. Got seven league championship games tonight around San Diego County. Be out to if you're not coaching in a game and you want to go watch a game, go out there and scout. Go check out some of these games. It's going to be a great time. So for Southern California Prep Insider, I'm Brayden Supranet. You've been listening to the Inside the Huddle podcast.